Hello, and welcome to the Harvard Kennedy School PolicyCast. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader, and you can find us on Twitter, at PolicyCast, or subscribe on your channel of choice by visiting hkspolicycast.org. Now, with the cold of winter approaching and Veterans Day just around the corner, the plight of thousands of homeless veterans is once again on the minds of many, citizens and policymakers alike. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is at a particularly low point in the public's esteem, thanks to a controversy that ultimately led to the departure of the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Eric Shinseki. But that doesn't mean efforts to feed, clothe, and house the nation's homeless vets have stalled. Today, we're joined by Andrew McCauley, who spent 30 years as an officer in the U.S. Navy, including a stint as commanding officer of the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln. In his civilian life, Andrew serves as the president and CEO of the New England Center for Homeless Veterans. Andrew? Thanks for joining us. Well, Matt, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you describe the services the New England Center for Homeless Veterans provides? Uh, And the New England Center provides services, I think its mission can be summarized, is that it provides services and connects connects veterans with services to enable their success, specifically veterans who are at risk of or actually facing that debilitating condition of homelessness. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that's a complex issue that requires a lot of different avenues of attack to try and combat it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You could categorize now, uh, and I I do, the the services that the the center provides to veterans into four somewhat uh, broad but specific categories. First one is housing itself. So we provide three types of housing. We provide emergency housing. So if a veteran comes to us at any time of the day, uh, day or night, 365 days a year, and does not have a place to stay, they have a place, they have a place, uh, a home at the center. We provide transitional housing, which is uh, a, uh, a housing construct where veterans come and work towards uh, some of the challenges they may face and overcome those to be able to achieve uh, independent living. And then we also have supportive permanent housing. We have apartments uh, that veterans can lease and live permanently on the, in their residency. And it's mm-hmm. a great location for that. So that's the first line of service. The second one, I think, is our social and clinical support services. So we have a broad array of services that can address a lot of the different challenges that veterans who may be experiencing homelessness uh, face. Uh, clinical counseling, behavioral health services, substance abuse counseling, uh, and, and essentially case-managed care for them to be able to um, design and then walk down that, uh, that path towards independent, uh, successful living. The third category is education and uh, employment. So mm-hmm. we have a veterans training school that provides two types of education, vocational training. So if a veteran is, in, is, is searching for a, a marketable skill that they can bring to the bring to the job market. Uh, we provide some vocational training. We also provide life skills training for, to, to folks who are uh, looking to access that. Things like resume writing, debt counseling, household finance, basic computer skills, and mm-hmm. more advanced web skills, um, and, and interview skills as they uh, approach and, and uh, reaccess the, the job market. And the last one I think we broadly categorize is support. And it's the one that probably in many ways in the three and a half years that I've been at the center really strikes so much home to me. It's it's all the things that those of us who have never faced that very disabling and disruptive condition of homelessness really take for granted. Mm-hmm. A, 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 an address, a mailing address, meals, a, a place predictable every night, a, a place to store your things and be able to establish uh, you know, a sort of a ground uh, and, and uh, stable area from which to then, you know, move on into the rest of your uh, your life. 
Now, some of those things that you're describing are things that I think we expect that the VA would would naturally be doing as an organization. Is there a line at which you see the end of the the VA's responsibility? And uh, you know, is is this something that should be a part of the VA or not not left to nonprofits? Well, I think that's a great point. Um, and I will tell you, uh, I think we at the center really do embody, I think, the ideals in some regard of a public-private collaboration. So we are a not-for-profit private organization, and I think we are one of, if not the largest, private service provider that does what we do specifically for those who have served. We are funded by both public and private resources. So mm-hmm. uh, a good percentage of our funding comes from the philanthropy of uh, generous individuals, foundations, and corporations, but also we receive significant uh, taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. And our largest public funder is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And I think that it's a really great partnership. Um, we we uh, work closely. We actually have uh, Veterans Affairs uh, employees who work at our, at the center, mm-hmm. um, but we are community-based. We are in the community. And because we are in the community. I think the VA recognizes, and I think that that is uh, something that that, uh, is a model of service going forward, that we can be community-based and we can be uh, effective and efficient with the application of those resources. Mm -hmm. What are your biggest challenges? Well, first of all, I think I want to make it clear that veterans overall, we certainly do not want to pathologize the status of veterans. Veterans in this country are an enormously valuable resource. It is a small percentage of the population, currently around 7% of the population, Uh, about 22 million veterans. And veterans in this country, in society, are very, very successful overall. Mm -hmm. They have a higher standard of living. They are more educated, and they do very well. They bring a lot to to our community. They brought to our our society and to the economy. I think that's for a number of different reasons. One, I think that the folks who self-select to serve in the military have some of those innate attributes. I think it's because of the skill sets and qualities that they derive from and during their service. And I also can't uh, discount the fact that as veterans, they have very uh, well-earned entitlements and benefits, things Mm -hmm. like the GI Bill. So overall, I think veterans do very well. But veterans are are, are folks, and and people face challenges in their lives. They face complexities, and sometimes those complexities rise to the point where they are not able to overcome them themselves. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times, uh, those different uh, things that manifest in people's lives can lead to homelessness. Mm -hmm. So what we focus on is addressing the underlying causes. But homelessness is such a disruptive set of circumstances that when it does manifest, it really has to be addressed right away mm-hmm. uh, before you can achieve the stability to, to address some of those underlying uh, causes. Is this a model that's been replicated around the country successfully? Or? Uh, well, I think that uh, the the uh, models of service to uh, prevent and end homelessness among veterans has been refined in the mm-hmm. last four years that I've had association with it. I, I see there's a growing uh, body of knowledge. There is a sharing of best practice facilitated by and steered in many wi- ways at a nationwide level through the U.S. Department and by the U.S. Mm-hmm. Department of Veterans Affairs. But there's a lot of community-based organizations uh, that really do uh, you know, pioneer some of those, uh, those models. And I think we are going to be able to achieve the practical uh, elimination of homelessness among veterans uh, sometime, you know, close to the timeline that had been uh, set out by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Right. That's really important, I think, also not just for veterans, and of course, understanding what 2016 and the end of homelessness among veterans really looks like, Mm -hmm. but also that's, I think, a template, very valuable template that can then be taken to scale 
for society overall because homelessness is a very intractable and very uh, difficult and very important issue. That commitment to end homelessness by 2016 that you mentioned, it was one of the biggest goals of the former VA secretary, Eric Shinseki. It's certainly a grand goal. Is that still on track to happen despite his, uh, his departure? I believe they have. It is a grand goal. It is a, it is a, it is a noble goal. And someone, I think, uh, soon after I took this role, asked me uh, you know, whether I thought it was achievable. And at that time, I expressed optimism and a belief that it could, can be and will be. And I, of course, you know, the, and the response would be, what other goal would you have? I think mm-hmm. not only do we want to end homelessness among veterans, but homelessness is a problem that, that right. I think we need to address overall as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think defining what that means, in other words, what 2016 looks like, that does not mean that the human challenges that can lead to homelessness uh, are eradicated. That, I think, would be um, uh, maybe a bit of a Pollyanna. But mm-hmm. having the network of support, having the services available, not only just available, but in, in, configured in such a way with the appropriate outreach that, that we can connect with people in need is really what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not only a national campaign. The, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts has a very dedicated uh, and very clearly articulated plan to end homelessness, which includes target goals of producing more housing, produce specific types of housing, uh, different types of services, and and coordinating the services among uh, state agencies, federal agencies, municipalities, and community service providers, and the city of Boston, uh, Mm -hmm. through the the mayor's challenge, has Mm -hmm. also committed to the, by the end of 2015, bringing an end to homelessness among veterans in the city of Boston. So it's not just a federal uh, VA initiative. It is a federal initiative, a national initiative, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and a state. So what is being a city? So, so what exactly does that mean to see an end to homelessness? I mean, does that literally mean no person will go out on any single night and and not not have a home? Does it mean a network of support um, for yeah, those that, who before they get to that point? Of course, we'd like to say that you could walk around, you know, any any area, any urban area, which right. is not not only, but uh, a lot of times folks who are, are struggling with homelessness tend to to find themselves and never find somebody without a home at any on any uh, night uh, or day of the year that would be great mm-hmm. well whether that is actually something that is is the realistic end i think the right. end is as you said is is a network of services so that people can connect it, it is to address chronic homelessness folks mm-hmm. who get into that that downward spiral and really have com- become completely disenfranchised and not connected with services uh, creating services and support and outreach networks and methodologies so that that doesn't occur. And when people do experience challenges in their lives and may face and experience the condition of homelessness, we can get them connected to effective models of service and support that can get them reestablished and on a trajectory towards success. So what are the best uh, the best things that you're able to do for that to get people out of the system, out of your system, essentially? Is it education? Is it providing a mailing address, that kind of mm-hmm. thing? What, what are the most important keys to, you know, pushing them out into operational life. So if a a person or a veteran experiences that condition of homelessness and comes to stay at the center to receive those services, obviously in some regard we have missed the opportunity to prevent that. So going forward, I think there's a lot. uh, What we're trying to do is we're trying to work ourselves out of the homeless 
preparedness business for veterans yeah. and, and more into the social services and support business for mm-hmm. veterans. So if we can come up with more effective uh, means of support, so connecting people with the resources as they struggle with, with different challenges and on those complex pathways to homelessness, we can keep them from ever having to experience homelessness. But if they do, like I said, um, really it's, first of all, stabilizing folks, giving them a, a safe place to stay, mm-hmm. a, secu- a sense of security, and then being able to address um, what particular things are causing them to experience mm-hmm. and that. And that can be a variety of things. It can be uh, rooted in behavioral health, substance abuse, economic disenfranchisement, unemployment, uh, family estrangement. There's a variety of sometimes co-occurring things. Those may be connected to their service. They, they may have just occurred. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, those are the kind of things that are addressed so that people can then live with the, with the appropriate level of support and services independently. Uh, you mentioned a number of levels of support from the federal, state, and local governments. What are the specific things that you see are necessary for those levels of government to do to support systems like the ones that you've created? Well, I think that first and foremost, and this has been, a, I think, a very much in a you know a, a learning experience for me in the last years that I've been here in the Boston area, is it, I think it works most effectively when it is community-based, mm-hmm. so that uh, so that services, all those types of social services that we had just discussed, are are in the community. So, in other words, um, and that's a combination of infrastructure. That's a combination of working across state, city, national uh, organizations. That means that uh, that services are where the veterans can get to them, and veterans are willing to, you know, uh, and are sought and, and seek out those services. Mm-hmm. I think that one, that's maybe what. Uh, differentiates my organization or the organization that I have the honor of being associated with is that veterans, um, the the services that they require are not generally necessarily social services, not that much different than any other person. Veterans are citizens, they're people first. But veterans, I think, uh, are generally less likely to connect with services. Even the the great benefits that they have justly earned, they, they are less willing many times until it's a crisis mm-hmm. and to manifest in homelessness to connect with services and if and they are more willing and more likely to connect with services if it is a veteran specific organization mm-hmm. they feel I think a, a sense of uh, th- that they will be supported here mm-hmm. so I, I think that's important but I think most effectively it is got to be individualized it has to be tailored it's not a one size it, it's a very diverse population I think some people seem to think tend to think and maybe from models in the past where a veteran population is more homogeneous it's it's got to be very much tailored individualized and delivered in the community to keep mm-hmm. people successful so with Veterans Day approaching and even beyond that how can uh, you know our listeners actually help out with organizations like yours and address this specific subject in Boston and beyond? Well, certainly as the number of veterans in this country shrink, as our mm-hmm. military, our active duty force structure shrinks, um, the, the number of uh, people who have direct experience uh, with someone who has served or has served themselves becomes less. And there's not, that's not, that's not bad. That just is, is the case. So the, the, the idea of folks who have served may become more um, abstract for people. So I just think, you know, keeping the dialogue we certainly always look for you know volunteers community volunteers to come in and assist us with uh with our mission but overall i think keeping the dialogue going is really important well andrew mccauley thank you so much for coming on policycast today matt's great to be here you've been listening to the harvard kennedy school policycast produced by matt cadwallader and molly lanzarota follow us on twitter at policycast 